Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Zofia Renea Morales and... I have an amazing guest with me today, Sarah Wolf Kivlati, and we will discuss answering the call. But before I swing into introducing her, I would like to take an opportunity to introduce yourself, introduce you to an aspect of yourself. There we go. <laughs> Came out right finally. Uh, I would like to invite you to take the What is Your Number One Spiritual Superpower Quiz. You can find it at superpowerquiz.us. Spend a couple of minutes answering some simple questions and get the answer to what your particular spiritual giftedness is. So our guest today, Sarah Wolf Kivlati, is a quantum energy and sound healer, and she's also the host of the Creatrix Culture podcast. She's had a deep connection to her intuition and spirituality since the age of two. This connection has led her on an endless journey, unearthing life's truths and self-discoveries. She wishes she could say that her path to stepping into her healing gifts was a linear road. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but as we all know, life puts us where we're most needed. So for many years, her spiritual path was on the back burner while she pursued a career in the entertainment industry, but she never stopped feeling the tug. And in 2019, Spirit came to her with a clear message that it was time to step fully onto her divine path. And at 39 years old, she finally answered the call. Welcome, Sarah Wolf. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's so official being oh, on a radio. <laughs> I love I hearing know. the opener. It was like, ooh. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's, we're live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How fun. It is, absolutely. So I, I love reading these bios because people do so many amazing, diverse things as they move along on their journey. Mm -hmm. And it tends to leave other people, these bios going, Ooh, I could never be like her. Right. <laughs> so Sarah Wolf, take us back to the day when you were a young thing and coming up and you were still putting your pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If that even. <laughs> um, yeah, my journey's been it's been like such a strange one because I when I first um had the first realization that I actually saw this world completely differently than almost every single person around me. I was only three years old. So my rabbit is a really tragic story, but we Aww. had this beautiful albino bunny and my brother and myself and our neighborhood best friend were getting it from the backyard out of the cage and we were going to put it in its little carrier cage and bring it inside to the house. And this big dog came out of nowhere, <gasps> snatched it out of my brother's hands, and then ate it right in front of us. Oh my gosh, how horrifying. Yeah, really horrifying. And the, the facts of life right in your face. <laughs> right there. <laughs> so our albino bunny was now bloody red instead of white. Aww. And my friend's mom had to come home from work because she was in hysterics. And that sparked something in my brain at three 
that night, um, I just have a lot of flashbacks of me sitting alone in the dark in my room in our house in northern Minnesota. And so I, I get a lot of like just going back to that place and just being alone and starting to having thoughts and wonderments about this life at a very young age. So I started contemplating what death meant and life and death. And the next day I walked out to my mom and I said, I asked her, so where do we go when we die? And she said, we go to heaven with all of our loved ones. And there was something in that, that I was like, that's not the full story. Yeah. And I was raised Catholic and in the Catholic church, I thought too many questions that they didn't want me to think. <laughs> and I so feel you. <laughs> I felt like a really horrible person because basically it, in my inquisitive mind, I wasn't really, and my, like I call my bullshit meter. I just, things weren't, I'm like, they would say something. I'm like, that's not right or my whole being would have a visceral reaction to just different things that were happening. And so I felt really, really like I was a horrible person because I was going against everything that I was surrounded to tell me I needed to think, be, say, or act like, and yeah. I didn't feel that internally. Oh my goodness. And I, I'm there with you on a lot of levels because I can remember sitting in class, I don't remember what age I was, but they were telling us that uh, the reason we had to make sure that we shared our faith with other people was because they would go to hell if they didn't believe exactly the way we did. Mm -hmm. And I can remember at the time going, this doesn't make any sense at all. If God is love, why would he do something like that over something as petty as, well, you didn't get the memo? Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that the the whole judgment thing too, like if you didn't do everything the way it was meant to go, you were going to be horribly judged and condemned. So like, I, I think I went through even a phase of like extreme OCD, needing to do everything and not even good. It was just like, yeah. if I don't do things in this order every single day, something's bad's going to happen. And mm. if I don't stay in this box, then I'm going to be condemned. And I think all of that building up as once I got into be a teenager and I just went off the rails. I started experimenting with drugs. I was doing this. I was doing that. I really just started to blow up my life. And it's like to heck with the box. I'm destroying it. I'm like, if I'm already <laughs> going to hell, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, take the sledgehammer to the box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting is I, I was constantly studying different subjects of astrology and tarot and whatever came on my path being this is now 80s 90s in minnesota so access to a lot of information was limited yeah and didn't extremely really... limited to like two bookstores that you could walk into and anyone saw you going in there they knew what you were going after <laughs> yeah exactly and then you know there is well there wasn't really anyone especially um i grew up in a small town then we moved to a suburb of minneapolis and in that suburb there wasn't any really mystic people or light worker people and if they were they weren't really showing themselves yeah. you know so i didn't really have anyone to talk to so i spent a lot of time just in complete kind of daydreaming and it was you know i feel like really it was the beginning conversation of me and my higher self and me and the galactics really and and 
all the beings that are with me. And I would even lie in the driveway at night and stare up at the sky and really think like, I want to, I want to go home. Like I want to connect back to them. Right. I just knew there was something more beyond this thing that I was in, especially in the suburbs. That was, that's so funny because as a child, I can remember maybe being four or five years old and being at the window and looking up there and going, that's homes there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just being back in the stars and, you know, and that was, yeah, it was, that was long before I really knew I had anything tangible. And then once I moved to Los Angeles, I was 20 years old. And that's when things just kind of started opening up because things here, there's more people, you know, everyone's very eccentric here. So yes, (laughs) there's more, there's metaphysical bookstores. And now this is the year 2000. So I'm getting introduced to yoga and I'm getting introduced to angel circles. And that's when I was um, at Barnes and Noble actually. And one of Doreen Virtue's books came flying off the shelf at me. And it was like, read this. And I read her, one of her first books, The Lightworker's Way of her autobiography. Oh, yeah. It's the first one in the set. And everything that she talked about in there, it was like she was, someone was finding, finally explaining all the things that I felt and thought of since I was three years old. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm not crazy or I'm not bad or, you know, and all these years that I'd spent leading up to my twenties. So like throughout my teens and just checking out and numbing out and also like really trying to just fit into Mm -hmm. social circles and to just being a child and being normal in a sense, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> I did the things to, to bring me so I can actually have connection, even though I just always felt like the, the odd person out. Yeah. I, and I think that's not uncommon, especially with light workers who haven't completely shut their stuff off. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I just don't quite fit in with what's happening here and I don't quite vibe. Yeah. And so how did you start to resolve that? Attention. I started because living in Los Angeles and there was now actual classes I could take. There was groups of people I could start connecting with. And once I started finding more and more like-minded people and being able to have a channel for all of that, all the stuff I was receiving, um, telepathically or through the clairs and just having learning about more of what's happening and being able to focus it somewhere is actually slowly my life started getting less chaotic, but let's not, (laughs) let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) That was a long, a long process. Slow ticks, slow ticks. We're we're gonna bring it a little bit further. Just a little bit further. A little bit further. Yeah. Well, and I used to bargain with um with spirit and I said, okay, because you know, I came to LA and now I'm gonna be an actress and la la la. And And do all the actress things. Yeah, and do all the actress things and all the Hollywood things. And um life was fabulous and (laughs) shallow but fabulous. And I would (laughs) barter with spirit. I'd be like, okay. Here's the deal. 
if you give me this acting gig, then I will do whatever you want me to do. (laughs) (laughs) Spirit's like, it doesn't work like that. So guess what? You don't get the acting gig. And I was like, man, (laughs) dang it. I thought I had the in here. (laughs) Yeah, fine. I'm going to keep going on my destructive path then. So you won't play the barter game with me. And they're like, okay, have fun. We'll see you later. Yeah, you'll come around later. We'll be here. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and even back when I was 16, I went to a Borders bookstore that was in the Mall of America. And I was with my whole family and they were off somewhere else in the bookstore. And I was like, oh, I want some tarot cards. But I didn't really know anything about tarot cards then. And this lady came around the corner. She had short black hair, like bobbed, perfectly made Right at the chin line. Yeah. (laughs) And she looks at me and she goes, just be careful. Those are almighty cards. And then she walks away. And I swear to God, she disappeared. Because I went around and looked around out of the aisle and she mm-hmm. was nowhere to be Gone. found. Yeah. And I had the cards in my hand. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take that as a sign that I'm not ready for these. And I actually put them back on the shelf and, and didn't pick them up again for years. I wasn't scared of them. I just took it as like my spirit wasn't ready to, to work with that modality. Yeah. And I I love when earth angels are sent to us like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, here's what you need to know right now. And then they just poof. And then they're just gone. Yeah. Yeah. I had one that showed up in Walmart one time, of all things, in the the full Walmart apron and the whole business. Uh huh. And she's like, hey, sweetheart, what are you looking for? How can I help you? And I explained what I wanted. She took me around the aisle and pointed it out. It was like on the lowest shelf at the back. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, thank you. And I, I knelt down and pulled it out and she was just gone. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I was one time at a um, storage unit facility. I, I was in between places and I was just grabbing some things. And I think I had some paintbrushes in my hand. I do oil painting. And this guy starts talking to me. He's like, oh, do you paint? I was like, yeah. And he gave me an entire painting lesson in the parking lot of wow. this public storage place <laughs> in Los Angeles <laughs> that I still use some of the things that he um, suggested to me for my painting to try to this day. And it was like this, I mean, he stood with me for like a really long time. And then we never, we didn't exchange numbers. I never saw him again. It was just like him to come give me this valuable lesson and then just and moseys, then, moseyed on. Because yeah. actually with painting, it's my favorite medium to not learn about and yes. discover <laughs> as I go along with no rules. I took a lot of art classes in school, but we didn't really ever get to painting. Yeah, And it was like, I got this like, okay, here, we're going to help you. It's not a class, but we're going to give you a little bit of information to, you know, bring yeah, a little, little jump start there. <laughs> yeah, to help you just a little bit further on your way. And then, you know. Yeah, those divine encounters, they, they're they really beautiful and come in all shapes and sizes and places. And for either, I feel like to me, to them, I'm someone's coming up to me and then I'm meant to give them the gem of information or flip it around. Vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So you were on your headstrong way in Los Angeles, living mm-hmm. a, a fun, fabulous, shallow life. Yes. <laughs> What what changed things for you? When did you start to go, well, maybe I ought to do some of this stuff that I've been prompted to do? Um, 
Well, I left my fabulous life in 2004 when I was 24, because I was like, this is just really not going anywhere in the fabulousness <laughs> of it. And it's really too shallow for me. And I, I started studying more and more. I actually um, started working with some people that were trained under Dor Doreen Virtue that lived locally in Los Angeles. And then I had a big fallout where I didn't have anywhere to live. And mm -hmm. I had to move back home to Minnesota. I went through actually two little like homeless stints here. One, I um, came back from Burning Man. I went to Burning Man in 2004 when it was still like really authentic. Really, yeah, really cutting edge and yeah. yeah. Uh, my acting manager at the time, she would bring all of her her people to Burning Man. We planned it. We did it right, though. We planned it for the entire year. We went for the entire time. So I watched the city grow and then collapse. And we built an installation. We had an art car. So I really feel like I got the entire experience that if I don't ever go back again, that's totally okay with me. And so I came home from that. And at that time I had this roommate and he was sober and he had fallen off the wagon and uh -oh. he was passed out on the couch for three days by taking too much Xanax. <sighs> but his brother, who was a heroin addict, had broken into my room, ransacked it, looking for money for drugs. So my <sighs> I came home to my room being completely messed up. He's now out on the couch. And I was so angry. I didn't even actually look to see if he was alive. Alive. Oh, no. And so I'm 24 at the time. And and, and I'm going to pause you here. Yeah. Because I do want to hear the end of this story. Okay. But we are already up on our first break. Can you believe nice. it? <laughs> That's amazing. That flew by. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So I would like to invite all of you who've joined us here today. Grab your pen and your paper and spend a few minutes around looking back on your life and the times and the moments where you were invited in to a closer relationship with spirit and invited into maybe allowing a different set of priorities in your life. And uh, I would invite you to notice how many times you were invited before you said yes. And hang with us, we'll be right back from the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained 
Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel, featuring nationally recognized best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm still here with Sarah Wolf Kivlati. Uh, and I guess before we pick your story up, I, mm-hmm. I'd like to invite you to share with me, and you can do a real approximate count. How many times were you invited before you answered your call? Big ones, three. Little ones, of uh, endless. Endless. Every yeah, other really, day. Really hard to count. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I. I Thank you for sharing that because I, I know a lot of times when I look back on my path and I go, oh, look, there, that was an invitation and that was mm-hmm. an invitation and that was an invitation. I have this tendency to allow that little voice in my head to go, ah, you're such a rah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? You'll be invited as many times as is required. Yeah. And absolutely. you will answer in the moment that is perfect for you. Mm-hmm. And so I I wanted to put that out there for the listeners in the event that there's a voice in your head going, you should have had a day to day. Yeah, let yeah. let all the shoulds go. Yeah, you're, you're on the path now. And that's the important thing. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I really found that when I finally fully stepped on and we'll get to that, though, it was like they played catch up with me. So all oh. the years that I didn't take those choice points, then they just flooded me with information to really get me up to speed to get me where I needed to be to then step into the work yeah. that I do. Um, Absolutely. I had that I, same experience myself. Did you? Yeah. yeah. And, and it was like they isolated me for like, it was almost 18 months. Mm-hmm. It's like, you will read this, you will read that, you will read the other. And I'm communing with my God squad and mm-hmm. I'm learning this and I'm learning that and I'm learning the other. And it's like, when can I like actually interact with people? <laughs> right. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> And I have to tell them, too, that everyone that's listening, it wasn't even I had some really bottom points. Right. And it wasn't even getting me to my bottom points that made me choose that. And to to some people, it does in their life. But it that wasn't even that didn't even hit me hard enough to to actually take the choice point. I was like, no, I'm just going to keep going down what I'm doing. You know, exactly. So. That kind of circles us back to where we left at the at yeah. the break. So you yeah. returned from Burning Man. Your roommate it's... might be dead on the couch. We're not sure. We're not sure. <laughs> we don't care because we're angry. And 
then I, I just remember leaving the house and maybe not coming back for a couple days. And then I get a phone call from him. He's alive, thank God. And he tells me what happened and that he fell off the wagon and everything. And um, I decided I was no longer safe in that home. And his friends knew how to break in and clearly his brother. And what's so interesting, though, is he there was five dollars sitting on the top of the TV and he didn't even see that because he was so set on getting the change out of this big jar that I had. And like Isn't the cork, it had a cork on the top, but that was across yeah. the room. He takes all the change, but completely misses the five dollar bill that's sitting, yeah, on top of the TV. <laughs> but then some other weird stuff was done in my room, and I waited tables at the time, and I'd always keep my cash in some shoe boxes in the mm-hmm. in the closet, and then I would, you know, take it and go depositive. And something told me to deposit something. Being we know who that is, spirit yeah. told me to deposit it all the cash before I went on my trip. And thank God I did that because then all of that was rifled through. Um, so I packed up my stuff and I left and that um, had me be homeless for seven months. Yeah, I... Well, and I think that was probably a wise choice. Mm-hmm. I, I think your instincts were correct that you were not safe in that home any longer. Yeah. And so I slept at friends' houses. Sometimes I have to sleep in my car. One thing I really found, though, about doing that was L.A. felt like such home to me and home felt like even if I was like, you know, in my car on the street or bouncing from house to house, I always felt really safe and I always felt taken care of and I always felt home. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful experience in that way. It got exhausting after a while because I had three jobs and nowhere to live, (laughs) but I wasn't expecting the expense of needing to now um, I had really cheap rent at the time. I was we were in a two bedroom rent controlled. I was paying like four hundred and some dollars. So I wasn't wow. I wasn't financially set up to in then, LA. That's in impressive. LA to yeah. yeah to take uh, a bigger rent at that moment um, because I just had spent a lot going to Burning Man and all this stuff. So yeah, it took me a while, and I don't know why I just kept on bouncing. I just kept bouncing around until finally I landed somewhere. Can, can I put a pin in this for yeah. a second? I want to circle back to that feeling of being safe and being at home. Yeah. Because while I appreciate some of that has to do with the surroundings that you're comfortable in, I suspect mm-hmm. a large amount of it has to do with, more with your God squad. Yeah. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I've always I, I've always known I've, I'm even when things get challenging, my friends will even reflect back to me. They're like, you'll always, you always say you're always taken care of. You're always taken care of. Everything's going to work out because you're always taken care of. And I thank them for reflecting back to me because in those moments where everything's like a little sketchy, you don't really know how it's going to shake out. I'm like, oh, I said that. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you for telling <laughs> I had somebody reflect that back to me the other day. I was talking to a, a business coach and he's like, you know, you're different from everybody else I talk to because they come in and they're like, they're like super stressed about, you know, this has got to happen and they're pushing and they're pushing and they're pushing and you come in here and you're just chill and you're allowing things to unfold. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the difference between the former me would have done that with you. The the me now that I've been through the awakening and all of the stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I can move into this extremely chill place and know that it is all good, yeah. despite whatever the external circumstances it's might look like. <laughs> reflecting back to you, yeah. 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 
Yeah, I love that. So how did you get out of the bouncing from place to place and start to actually move into answering the call? I fell into a really bad relationship. Oh, yeah, those are motivators. <laughs> right. That led me to we're fast forwarding now to like now we can just go to 2007 because there's just a lot of chaos, a lot of drinking, a lot of just I don't know, spirits yelling at me. I'm not listening. I'm trying to still do this career that's not really going anywhere. I 100 percent feel like I was divinely protected in it. I had choice points with that, too, to uh, be very successful. And for some reason, either I would like kind of stand in my own way or something would come in and stand in my way. And I really see that now. Um, I was just really too young. I had a lot of street smarts, but there was still just this part of me that that wasn't ready to handle that business like that. Um, and then I was just really burnt out by 2007 and I ran out of money and I was tired and I just couldn't do the hustle of Los Angeles anymore. And the place I was living in, it was this interesting little like Russian hippie commune <laughs> in the valley. <laughs> and it was just a weird place. And there was writing all like I was like painting and writing all over the walls and everything was just like eclectically weird. And they were the friends that, whose house it was, they were in Russia and they said they were coming back early. And once again, I would have nowhere to live. And mm. I, at that point, like I said, I was just tired. And I didn't have any money. That was the first time in my life. My bank account said zero. Oh, and wow. my brother called me out of nowhere and asked me to come home back to Minnesota. And he has never asked anything of me in my life. So I knew something was going on with him. And so I just had a big garage sale, packed up everything that could fit in my car and drove back to Minnesota. Now we would like to once again say, maybe that's where it all happened. No. <laughs> That no, would be everybody. too easy. That would be too easy <laughs> because now I'm in Minnesota. Now I'm pissed I'm in Minnesota. Now I feel like a failure. So now I have to drink my face off. Oh, yes. Because you did not make it in LA. I did not make it in LA. to sell and everything and come home with your tail between just, your legs. Yep, exactly. Yep. Like the stories that I was avoiding for during the homelessness, during the DUI, during the mm -hmm. car getting stolen. During, I was not leaving this city for anything. <laughs> Exactly. I, question for you. Did you have people back in Minnesota who were like, you're not going to make it. You're going to be back here. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. but I made it like seven and a half years. So yeah. I did very well. I that. think so. Yeah. yeah. I, with everything that was hit at me, I, I was like, you know, and then finally, it's like I had to call it for my for myself. Um and during that time in Minnesota, I still, I, I went to Hawaii. I studied with Doreen, Vor Vir Doreen Virtue in 2008. And that was the first time I was with like 500 light workers from around the world. That was such like one of the most beautiful weeks of my life. And, but that still didn't get me to answer the call. And oh, Spirit <laughs> was constantly telling me to get certified in this, to do that. And I was like, why? I'm never going to do this as a profession. I don't know what you want me to do this for. I'm not going to just keep dumping money into this whole thing when I'm I'm going to be a filmmaker still. I'm going to da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? Well, I just couldn't you, get it. And you may yet be a filmmaker. <laughs> I may yet still be a filmmaker. We don't know how all this comes together yet. <laughs> no, we don't. We really don't. And it's weird. I'm having a lot of things come circle back in different ways in my life right now. So, um, yeah. So then in, I met my now ex-husband, but this was 2012. And 
I met, well, I met him a couple of years before that. We then moved back to LA and I still was deep in this drinking world and just kind of lost and not really knowing what I'm doing with myself and still trying to hold on to dreams and still studying spiritual stuff and going to classes and whatever. But I was just kind of the person in the back corner and still having what I would call my lightning bolts of information and having prophetic dreams and having all the things still happening and and the knocking, you know, and them yelling at me and, and all the stuff. And it wasn't until after my divorce, I went through, I would say my second dark night of the soul during that uh, really deep. There was one night I didn't think I was going to make it through the night that I might just take myself out. And, um, and it was shortly after that, then spirit was like, you, you, you got to answer it. We're coming into yeah. some times that what you came here to do, you need to step up to the plate. You yeah, have all we, this knowledge. You have all this need studying you for this. Yeah. yeah. You have all these gifts and you need to stop drinking. And then um, that's when Creatrix culture was birthed. And then they, I started doing workshops. This is before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. then that was like, okay, they're like, can you're going to do, yeah. Can I pause you for one second? Yeah. I want to just rewind back to that dark night of the soul. Oh, moment. yeah. What what happened in the middle of that night that you chose not to go? My dog has saved my life. I would never be able to leave her. Never be able to leave her. And during that time as well, I had a roommate and her living here, I also feel like helped save my life because she was 21 and I was 30, let's see, I was 38 by that time that this night happened. And I wasn't going to do that to her. Have her find a dead body in the room. Yes, yes. Um, and they, there was a, a couple nights even leaving up to it. I was having such even an ego death and just a death of everything that I would have to hold my head with my hands and hold my brain together because I felt like if I didn't, I was going to legitimately lose my mind. And that night, even though I will say I I actually don't practice Catholicism and organized religion just really doesn't uh, gel with me. So that's another reason why I stayed, you know, even partially on that spiritual path. But my aunt had given me a rosary that she got at the Vatican and I had always kept it on my mirror. And that night I actually grabbed the rosary off the mirror, got on my knees at the end of my bed and prayed and just prayed. And I said, I don't, as I said, that breaking point of surrender, like, I don't know anymore, you know, just please help me make it through this night. And then it's, you know, with, with any of this work, it's, it's not a big, like all of a sudden the next day, everything's shiny. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah. It, then it was like a slow moving, you know, to, to move towards, okay, where are we really going? What are we doing? And that's when, you know, that was 20 towards the end of 2018. Then we move into 2019 where it's like still a slow moving. Things are starting to bubble in. I'm starting to listen a little bit more. Um, and then it was the full now's the time. And that wasn't really a big, you know, day, like in that moment, it wasn't like, and then I don't remember the day, I just remember it dropped in, I listened. And then on uh, January 1st of 2020, I just quit drinking, I said, I'm done. And I haven't touched a drop of alcohol since I don't want it. And my entire life has shifted to giving sound baths, 
doing healings, um, you know, running the spiritual podcast, keeping that going and just being of service in, in the different ways and being open to where I'm meant to go next. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. And it's funny how these profound moments a lot of times seem like such nothing burgers in mm -hmm. the moment. But you look back and you're like, that was it right there. That was the profound moment that people talk about, write about, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. it was just, I was just there and it just shifted. Mm -hmm. Because I had another choice point back in 2006, same thing. I was really suicidal. And I actually was living on the same street I live now. And um, I, I remember I had a t-shirt back then that said, I can't decide whether to commit suicide or go bowling. And I used to think it was so funny. And then I finally uh, had to give it away because I'm like, this is not really the right message. I, I, I was going to say, this is a little too close to home, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then my friends had talked about that they went to Vipassana meditation. So if you haven't heard of Vipassana, it's a it's the second highest form of meditation that the monks do. And um, my friends had just gotten back. They're like, it's crazy. And I'm like, I don't know why that that's that's the only thing that makes sense to me right now. So I lied on the entire application to make sure that I was able to go. And <laughs> I was like, I, I'm just going to make this up. I don't know. Like, I, I just I love the <laughs> ironic juxtaposition of that. I'm going to lie in order to get the highest spiritual experience that's available. <laughs> well, you know what else I lied about? Back when I was like in second grade, we had to like, you know, go to like, uh, what do you have to do? Confess to the to the, the yeah, priest to or the whatever. Priest, yeah. I would just make shit up. I had nothing. <laughs> I didn't have anything to really confess. I didn't confess, anything back then. So, like, really, yeah. you know, I wasn't bad yet. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like, uh, oh, I cheated on a test. And, and I really didn't. I just made stuff up to be forgiven for some I just actually didn't even do. Because um, you were supposed to go get forgiven. <laughs> we are already up on our second break. Can you believe all this? Right. Wow, we are flying. I know. Isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm. So we will be back from the break here in a few minutes, and we'll find out uh, how Vipassana went after we lied to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so hang with us. We'll be right back. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the breaks. This is Sophia Renee Morales. I'm still here with Sarah Wolf Kivlotti. And when we went on break, she was lying to get into a Vipassana <laughs> <laughs> retreat. So tell us how that went. And looking back with, the, with hindsight, was it even necessary <laughs> to lie? I don't know, because like you had to say that you never did drugs or like I didn't know if they're going to accept me if I did drugs. But what's crazy oh. is um, I like full on went into like a, a had an acid trip fat flashback while I was there, which is probably why they wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't want them to know that. <laughs> But to me, it was like it was it was literally like life or death It's like I have to go to this enlightenment place or I, you know, it was another I don't know if I'm going to to make it. Um, And I bartered with myself right before I left. And I said. Before you leave this earth, you need to leave something behind. So you need to write about your life. That was my barter. And until you do that, you don't get to go. And then I told myself, okay. And then I went on and it's funny because I still haven't finished the book yet. And I think it's like a weird, like subconscious <laughs> thing. Like, well, it's a subconscious <laughs> resistance keep, keep, and, and keeps me here a little bit longer. Yes, it right? does. Well, I the book, so, you know, um, I'm not done yet. I can't go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause I don't really, you know, I don't, all these times I didn't want to go. It wasn't like I, I, I just wanted to be free from all of this stuff. I just, I yeah. had no tools. It was wearing me, weighing me down. Also, you know, I was drinking during that time. So you add all that into it. And, uh, so yeah, I go to Vipassana. I'm going to go get enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> I completely whack out. And some, one of the girls, like, there was like a bunch of young girls there. We were all kind of the same age. And and right before we took the vow of silence for the 10 days, this girl was like, I think they're putting something in the water. So then when I started having my acid trip flashback, I was like, well, are they microdosing us? Are they putting something in the water? What is this place? I started getting scared. Mm. But I was also having really cool other things happening during that time, because basically for 10 days, for about 10 hours a day, you're in the dark meditating. I mean, you leave and you go do stuff and you're not talking to anyone. You have nothing to distract you. You're not even allowed to work out or anything. It's just really being in meditation and nature and that's it. And I, so this is 2006. 
anyone that had called me during the time of me being gone and your phone's off and it's in the car, every time that the messages came through and told me what day and time that that person had left a message, they came to me in meditation. Mm. I was starting to be, to be able by the end to, I understood the weather. I could, I could track the weather. I knew to just tune into the sky. I could start understanding. I'm like, oh, the clouds are going to come in tomorrow. Oh, it's okay. It's going to rain over here. Okay. Did it, like I was got very into that because we weren't speaking. I could hear like, I felt like a animal in the forest. My senses were like, I was like deep, deep. I could like know that there was an animal like really far out deep into the woods. Mm -hmm. And if anyone just walked with even socks next to me, it hurt my ears or a clank on the plate in the dining hall. Yeah. Everything was so loud. And then I was going down to this pond every day and I was like, I know there's a big fish in this pond. I know there is. And then the last day he came and revealed himself to me and he came up to the top and said hi and then swam off. Oh, so I had these really amazing experiences, but I was also completely terrified and I did not feel like I was getting enlightened at all. And I was hallucinating. <laughs> yeah, early stages of enlightenment do not feel like it's built to be. No, <laughs> you feel like you're losing your freaking mind. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to leave there and go to some like a corporate store. Like I wanted something normal. I wanted to go. All I could think of was like Walmart. <laughs> Mine was Target and, yep. and Barnes and Noble. I wanted to go find a Target get a Barnes and Noble. And then at, at one time I thought, cause this was outside of Fresno, California. I wanted to go drive myself to the Fresno hospital and just tell them to hug me. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted someone to <laughs> hug me. I love that. Where would you go to find a hug when you don't know anyone? Let's go to, the, go hospital. to the hospital. Go hug me. <laughs> Like no one else can touch me there. And then I, this is really funny though. So they feed you like so good and clean. And, and you know, the people are there to like prepare it all like with love. I left there and I went and got a egg McMuffin. <laughs> <laughs> because I just wanted something normal. I want normal. Yeah. I, need, I need normal really desperately. <laughs> so I left there and I was not enlightened and it's not like what my friends, you know, brochures, I'm doing air quotes with that, <laughs> it was going to be like. But I'll tell you this is that I've taken the teachings um, from what I've learned there and it, it, it's something that has developed over my life and has expanded and the teachings come in all the time. I reference them in my brain or they'll pop up and be like, that's like in Vipassana, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it really has helped. And obviously it had a purpose and gave me a, a foundation of some sort and kind of the beginning understanding of this, you know, um, dark night of the souls and going through these really gnarly times. And one of the teachings of Vipassana is that you just sit and observe the rising and falling of stuff in your own body when you have an ailment that comes up and or a headache. And the teaching was don't just run to the cabinet to get a aspirin to sit with it and just observe it coming and going. So that teaching alone is when things have gotten really gnarly and really hard is to do the best I possibly can in that moment to kind of step back and, and allow the rising and falling of that, just knowing that it's temporary, that everything yeah. shifts and changes form. 
and, and everything get... will pass. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I love that insight. It, I got that insight actually even before I awoke because I had a chronic pain condition after mm-hmm. a surgery. Mm. Um, and technically, I suppose I still have the chronic pain condition, but it doesn't hinder me in the way that it used to because I no longer fight against it. Mm. And it's it's more like just another person that's in the room and sometimes it has things to say and sometimes it will just sit silently. Yeah. 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 Love that. <laughs> it's interesting how the same lessons arrive in different wrapping paper. And they really do and they keep they keep coming and they keep showing face in different ways and the surrender is constant and the growth is constant and the expansion is constant. And every time you peel off one layer and you think, oh, I've made it. <laughs> it's like, no, you haven't. Here's you another. Have we're going to wheel this stuff. in on a different platter and we're going to look at it, you know, from <laughs> from a different angle or with a new, new perspective. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you a chance to approach it differently this time. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of, you know, the healing cycle. Everybody's like, the shit keeps coming around and it keeps coming around. And it's like, yes, it comes around to show you how much progress you've made since the last time it was there. Yeah, how much progress you've made since the last time it was there. And even when you've gotten to the point that it's like, I have overcome it, I have subsumed it, it will come around one last time so that you can show yourself that you have in fact done that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went through part of when I was uh, getting divorced, I was actually like going through some of the same exact things, like meditation came on my path again. The book Initiation by um, Elizabeth Hayes. It's on my on my book stand over here. That came. I was at a meditation studio, and that book like jumped off the shelf at me. But I read that in two thousand and six, right before I went into Vipassana. And then I had this choice point: like, are you gonna leave LA again because you're going through all this stuff? and leave your apartment and and disrupt your whole life, are you gonna anchor in? And this time I chose to do things differently. I was also a really big runner. Anytime anything got hard, I was out. Interesting, I was leaving my marriage, but everything else I was choosing to stay. And my dog has really helped me do that as well because for her, she's a rescue. So to keep her life in balance, I've not moved her around a lot and make sure she has she's very like regimented in her schedule yeah Yeah. and i've walked through some really deep stuff trying to like hold on and but wanting to like deep down like it would just be so much easier if i just left (laughs) but you know what wherever you go there you are right and then what's showed me but if you just anchor in once again let the storm pass it passes you don't need to run and it's actually better when you just sit, sit through it, right? And yeah. then you're because you're not adding on all this drama or this chaos or this unnecessary energy that you need to expel in order. Yeah, I mean, the, the instability that comes from running. Yeah, it's a lot. I moved around a lot. I mean, especially that year for or for seven months, and then yeah. well, I, I skipped a part. I moved to Hawaii for like four days, and then I moved back, and then I was like homeless <laughs> for again for like days. three months. That's got to be some kind of a record. I'm moving to Hawaii for 
Four days. Four days. <laughs> then I'm coming back. Most yeah. people would call that a weekend away. <laughs> totally. I totally. It really wasn't. I got a job even. I worked for like one day somewhere. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I really so did it. We are down to our last four minutes. Yeah. So I would like to find out from you, how is your work coming out into the world now? It is coming out beautifully, actually. Um, I'm, I, I've am i found a hidden talent of uh, giving sound baths. I love giving sound baths. I do them pretty much every other week or when I'm inspired or when I'm hired or um, I do... I do a quantum healing, in-person healing, and um, there was I do those spiritual podcasts, so I'm constantly working in the realm and expanding and learning more and staying sober, which is so huge to it just is. keeping aligned and a clear path. And I can't even imagine going back to that part of an old life and that energy. I've really, it's, um, I just, it doesn't even, it doesn't even fit this. Yeah. And that's this the, mold anymore. The interesting thing with waking up and stepping into your call because there's always healing that happens on that path and when you do your work and you're on your path you don't need the numbing out anymore no and energy is real and the energy exchange is real so if i'm going to be giving energy out um it is irresponsible of, irresponsible of me to to be giving energy out that isn't the purest form that I can do. We're not perfect, but that's yeah. one way that I know that I'm honoring this and honoring this path in myself by keeping that channel as clear as I possibly can. And it's really important to me. I love that. I love that. One of the things that I've noticed uh, with people who are actively in addiction is they tend to attract energies that continue to propagate that cycle. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that with clients who move through your world as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the minute you start, even with myself, as I've started to get these <laughs> energies and entities away, uh, my whole uh, environment shifts and I can't even like walk into certain places anymore or they'll their whole lives will start shifting and you just start making different choices. Yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So we're down to our last 60 seconds. So I will yes. give you 30 of those. Okay. What are your final words of wisdom here today? My final words of wisdom is if you keep getting the knock, answer it. It's so much be more beautiful on the other side. It might be a little a rough path, path getting there, but the it's it's bigger than the old life and it's more fulfilling um but if you don't you don't need to beat yourself up and you will get there like you were saying earlier when you get there and that's all okay too because it's a marathon not a race and everything is divine timing and the other lessons you were supposed to have on the other path is you know that's all there for you too for your greatest expansion and spirit and growth yeah. so and and you seem to come up with those lessons regardless of, of which choice you make, which is yeah. a beautiful thing. Thank you for being my guest here today. Thank and thank you, you so to much. all the listeners who have tuned in and joined us today. I yes. really appreciate you coming. I do this for you. And I would love to hear from you. Um, you can drop a line to Ask Zofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at 
transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here.